Hey there. Welcome to our first podcast as a married couple. Today we're going to talk about anything we want to. Yes, it is an exceptionally well-organized podcast that we have scheduled for you guys today. That's right. So where do we start? (laughs) Well, my name is Brittany. Yes, and my name is Michael. And we've been married for almost... Almost eight years. Happy anniversary early, honey. Thanks. So, uh, I think that we're going to start off by sharing uh, how we met. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, So, where did you meet me, Michael? I met you on the internet. What website specifically? singleadventist.com and neither one of us are Seventh-day Adventists or were Seventh-day Adventists. Yep. So, um, I got on there because there was a Facebook banner and it said thesingleadventist.com and I had some pretty funny reasons to get on there and do it, which was, uh, I won't get into at the moment, but Why did you get on there, Michael? Were you looking for someone? (laughs) I had a friend who was in his late 60s that was looking to get married, and he was always on the singleadventist.com. Because he was an Adventist. He was an Adventist, and he was really hoping to find a wife. And and he told me, he's like, you're 19, you know, you should look uh, and see if, you know, you should be looking for a wife as well. And uh, anyway, so he kind of put that idea in my mind and then later on I made an account and yeah and then I uh, I saw your profile and I said hi to you I think it's all I said like hi how are you doing and I was like um pretty good how are you actually you're like good I just you know there's like nine inches of snow and then I just bought snow boots something like that I think was your response probably Something along those lines. Yep. And then I was like, cool. And then I called you classy because I was really impressed with your bio. Which at that point, I was trying to delete my account twice. And they had no option to delete it. And so because they wouldn't delete it, I put everything that I believed on there. At least I thought at the time. And, um, And so when he said that he thought that it was classy or whatever... The only people that ever called me classy were a couple old men. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So if you think that's, that the things that I want in life and marriage are classy, then you must share some of the same values. So that was a question I asked him. So you share these values or something? And my, yeah, like, and truthfully, I was very new to sharing those values because we came from pretty op- opposite spectrums of the world. <laughs> you know, you were homeschooled and sheltered and I was public schooled and even within public school I was incredibly unsheltered like I had access to everything very young and knew everything that I you know didn't have any business knowing very young and but had just recently come to know that there was a God radically changed and within a very short period of time had come to many of the same convictions that you had described in your bio such as like homeschooling um Mm. And just not like putting a, I think you said a soggy towel on family time, mm-hmm. which if we're honest, being married now for eight years, that's 
We're not quite to that point where we don't have a soggy towel on family time. Right. We definitely have room to improve. That's for sure. On that particular issue. Yep. So, anyways. But, long story short. uh, We got on the phone. And talked for like five hours a night for five months and then we got married yep and now we're living happily ever after yep it's had its ups and downs of course but we both had our signs from god that we were supposed to marry each other and we were pretty convinced which is why we went that route (laughs) true it brought us cross cross country to each other yeah and we're not i don't I mean, I wouldn't say we're sign people either that are just like, oh, God told me to do this or God told me to eat four eggs this morning for breakfast. Like, no. there's only been like a handful of times in my whole life that I felt specifically directed divinely. And this was one of those times. And this was one of the most profound ones. Uh, definitely like the second most profound one right behind the encounter where I just got radically in touch and experienced the presence of the Heavenly Father for the first time. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so what has marriage been like over the past eight years? Challenging. We both have our idiosyncrasies and, um... Hey, speak for yourself. That's what I said, both. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think that you, you've struggled a little, a little bit with, um, the confidence to walk out your calling, and I've been confident that you could all along. And so that's what I hope to see you grow in this coming year of marriage. <laughs> well, you say walk out my calling. And I found, you know, when we imagine the life that we want to live, and in my case, meant wanting to do ministry and things like that, when I imagine a life filled with those things, not many times do I consider all of the financial obligations and, you know, things that... <laughs> I have to worry about, or I have to, you know, I'm responsible for, mm-hmm. you know, having a, a wife and five children. And it's oftentimes tough, especially running a business and things like that. I, I've been surprised at how much energy that takes from me mm-hmm. and how much time that takes from me. Yeah. And, um, but as you know, we have been working toward, um, trying to simplify and get to where we don't have, you know, so much overhead, right? We want to own our land outright, own our house outright, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and live along the way too because we don't want to just like zone out and not focus on anything important and just yeah. work for four years. That's not good either. Yeah. So Be goal-oriented and have our priorities straight. Yeah. So, But just like Paul said, when he talks about the one who's not married, their attention is toward the Lord, and then the one who's married, his attention is toward his his family and I really feel that and as a husband and you know the entrepreneur route really um, is good but it also takes a lot from you it requires a lot because you have to become you have to like build all these skills that get like burnt into your uh, into your character for you to really be successful mm-hmm. so what areas do you think we have to grow in our marriage in this coming anniversary year Eight, the number of... What is eight? 
Didn't you say that was the number of completion? Mm, I think seven's the number of completion. I think eight's eight like the new beginning. New beginning. beginnings. You're funny. So. Uh, new beginnings. Yeah. So no, I. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the next uh, season of life. I mean, for me, my dream is to have a life where we're more connected and uh, with things like our food, like growing our own food. Um, you know, spending time as a family working on the land and uh, kind of simultaneously spending quality time together as we also, you know, work together and just uh, bond kind of through those things. Um, But then also make time for ministry stuff. And I want to, I kind of, you know, I want to do ministry where we're reaching out individually, discipling people, meeting with them, things like that. But I also would love to do some mass stuff where we're really reaching people through the uh, marketing media, means that we have available to us today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because the world is really hurting and it's getting told and taught a lot of stuff that isn't going to work out for them the way that they hope that it will. Um, mm-hmm. So what are some of your passions, like, as far as, like, messages that you regularly feel called to share? Like, who's your people group that you regularly reach out to and all that jazz well I mean I can think of a lot of uh, people groups that need to hear certain things and um, I personally like a lot of times like reaching out to younger guys that are late teens early 20s things like that with a message of uh, you know like sexual purity um, believing that scriptural foundations of relationships are truly the best way to go for long-lasting um healthy meaningful relationships stable families um just all the things that we know make sense to add up to like what we want for ourselves um but i think a lot of people are not convinced that the bible and the ways of that are taught in the bible are the way to accomplish that but i can attest that they absolutely are um and I've tried both ways. I was raised, you know, apart from God. Didn't really believe in God until I was almost 20. And so, um, yeah, I just can I can contrast it. You know, I watched my family. I watched my mom and dad do things just the normal way of, as everybody else. And, I also, and then I look at the way the scripture describes and I'm like, it's the only way that makes sense to me. So, so you mentioned that you want to stress to men today about purity what's your experience with God cleansing you from your sins and then you walking out that purity yeah um, without getting into too much detail the sexual sin was one of the biggest things I struggled with like bad and generationally my dad my grandpa you know they did really they struggled with that as well so for me it was like I just got sick of you know feeling so dirty and doing things in a way that I felt guilty about and got to a spot that I was just like, this isn't right. And when I read the Bible and started reading like, you know, the commandments and stuff, I got super convicted like, whoa, I am bad dude and I need to repent. And yeah, I don't know. It's like one of my greatest feats or accomplishments that I've been able to uh, break a lot of those things, like, you know, p- 
pornography addiction, things like that, and not once go back to it in almost nine years. So I'm really proud of that because um, my upbringing and stuff that definitely didn't, shouldn't have equated to a stable, healthy life, which is definitely what we are able to walk in nowadays. You know, ton of stability, ton of... Um, we trust each other. Yeah, yeah, we do. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, um, I just know that's the right way. Like, yeah. Like, and you don't really get the strength by yourself. Like you were, like like you said, radically saved and God cleansed you and made those sins that you used to do totally unappealing. Like you see the fruit of it and it's not worth it to you. And you tell yourself that all the time. Yeah. Well, I definitely think it's a combo of things. I think that we have a choice to bear witness to the truth or we have a choice to bear witness to what's false and then keep doing the things that feel good to us right now, temporarily. And, uh, and I definitely think there's an effort on our part. I don't think we just go, Father, cleanse me of this, and then he just does everything. I think we actually have to want it super, super bad and that we have to be willing to fight for it. And I just remember like the fight of that particular sin was very hard and there was times that I thought there's no way I can make it um but yeah um I would definitely say through his grace and mercy and um and just refining me in through his word and through his spirit just definitely definitely made the difference in in being able to come out of that stuff and and then stay clean in it where you know nine years now and just not ever wanted to go back you know, it's like they say when you need to, when you want to start a new habit, you have to change your, your way of thinking and your, you know, your beliefs about stuff. Like you have to fundamentally change your way of looking at something. And that was definitely done. And that was the, yeah, it has to be done for someone to get healed up of, of those types of things. We have to really believe his word and, uh, you know, believe that intimacy is not just this super like just fleshly simple thing it's like a it's a deeper more meaningful thing i mean life is created through it marriage covenants are entered into through it um it's very important stuff i'm glad i get to share that with you (laughs) (laughs) make it making me blush good thing this is just audio not video Okay, so what do you wanna what do you wanna talk about now? We're fifteen minutes into this. So, yep. Okay. Well, why don't we take it in? How about we talk about some current events at this point in our life? What have you been reading on the news lately? Yeah, the, it seems like the biggest deal right now is uh, our First Amendment. The um, uh, freedom of speech is under attack, and it really seems that, um, yeah, social media and stuff is is purging folks that they don't want on there and calling it hate, but it's tough because hate is such a, a broad term, like, you know, you could tell me that you don't like my phone, and you have the freedom to do that, but then some group comes in and says, hey, that's hate speech, you can't do that. You know, or it could be something that's legit. Like I could be, you know, a person who likes dating dogs or something and you could say that's wrong and they can deem that hate. So it's very dangerous ground because there's no basis morally for their definition of hate. 
And so I think we're watching the beginning of the end if there's not intervention of the First Amendment. If the, and if the First Amendment goes, everything else goes. So. Yeah. It's crazy because I remember, like I told you earlier today, like... I remember when I was little, I would be watching all these prophecy type shows, um, like on TBN and stuff, and they would be talking about signs to look for when we're in really getting close to the end times, and there would be wars and rumors of wars. There would be, you know, soon we would not be able to buy or sell, and we're really getting to that point. Can you describe some of the situations we're in right now with buying and selling and? Yeah, the buying and selling one's really interesting because I I think up until, I mean, no time in history has there really been a, has there ever been a way to centralize or has payments been centralized the way they are now through electronics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we use cards, we use you know electronic mm-hmm. transfers of funds, and that's something that can be controlled. And that is in the control of a handful of, you know, companies and things like that. And they've gotten us so used to just living that way through the card, through automatic transfers and all of that. Like we've become so automatic. Yeah. We barely ever carry cash anymore. And there's actually, they said in New York or somewhere, that they have cashless society now. Oh, well, you know, two societies right now are literally cashless. Um, for, I mean, it's my understanding uh, almost entirely, and that's India and China. Okay. So over 90% of every Indian citizen from the country of India uh, has had their biometric scan, their eyeballs, their fingerprints, all that kind of stuff, and they transact through their phones. Um, there's an app over there that they use, and I honestly think that's a, a rollout that they want everywhere. Yes. Um, so, but then I see this other trend that's very interesting, right? Because you have um, you have uh, groups like PayPal and Mastercard and Chase Bank, places like this that are actually denying people, even <laughs> customers that have been with them for twenty years, their accounts. They're turning their accounts off and they're terminating it because of their political views. And from the look at the people that are you know terminate being terminated, like Alex Jones. Um, you know, there's uh, Gavin McGinnis, the guy who started Vice. And don't get me wrong. I mean, you look at Gavin McGinnis' stuff. I mean, he's controversial in some areas, but he's well within his rights of his First Amendment, you know, his, for, for his uh, right to free speech. Um, and if you really look at his content, he's not really, you know, and I don't follow him personally, but he's not what people are accusing him of being as far as like racist and all these things like uh you know, they call Alex Jones racist, which is very funny because anybody who's listened to Alex Jones, he's very open about not caring your, about your skin color. If you're black or white or red or pink, it just doesn't matter. It's like not a big issue. And so, but they call him anti-Semitic and racist. And I just don't, I don't get it. You can just put accusations um, against anybody that they don't like and then get them banned off of their payment processor so they can't conduct business. Like, I, uh, I'm very concerned about that. So do you think that our time, like our window of time to like make our voices heard is limited and pretty short at this point? I mean, it could be, uh, it's definitely times that, uh, that the liberties that we've taken for granted are at risk. And, uh, I definitely think that when you look at, uh, prophecy and you look at you know you look at Israel Israel's very important in prophecy and 
there's a, there's definitely a, a good versus evil battle going on in a lot of places, you know, I would say all over the world. And um, I think it's potentially heading toward end times, but so did Paul in his time and so is everyone in between. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting times, that's for sure. Yeah. So talking about end times, I always think of uh, how Jesus said it would be like as in the days of Noah. <clears throat> so can you make any parallels between the days of Noah and today? Mm, well, a couple things I think of is talks about how they were marrying and giving in marriage. And my understanding is that statement is kind of like that they were carrying on with normal life. And then all of a sudden everything changed. Mm. Um, Do you know much about um, like Sodom and Gomorrah? You know, that was a big deal too. Like they had fire and brimstone and all this stuff falling down on them that's another thing i think of well when jesus said that like his return will be like a a thief in the night um the idea is that you're really not ready you're not prepared i mean you're we're, we're called to be ready we're called to be prepared things like that but we're not it's at a time that you're not totally expecting it mm-hmm. and it just happens and um so yeah but it's uh but there there's obviously like Jesus was saying pray that your flight like you will have to take flight like you have to get away from danger like it's impending danger like you are being targeted he said pray that it won't be on the sabbath pray that you won't be in you winter know, in, in in the winter or that you'll be pregnant or nursing a baby because that could be you know something that would slow you down um well and definitely he was talking about jerusalem in the coming of the you know 70 ad stuff but it you also think, you think so yeah i definitely think so but i also think it could be a double prophecy because a lot of times you look at like the feast days you know passover was fulfilled you know, with the blood of the lamb being covered over the doorposts and saving the firstborn. Mm -hmm. But then it was also fulfilled when Jesus died on Passover, him being the Passover lamb. And then his blood's over the doorposts of our heart. Like we, we trust in him. We trust that his sacrifice was completely pure and perfect, that he is the lamb that was worthy to be slain for our sins. Like he was sufficient, Mm -hmm. all sufficient. Yep. So, but a lot of times those things will happen a couple times. So, the feast days and things will have multiple fulfillments. So maybe that you know prophecy of you know fleeing on like hope that you're praying that your flight is not on the Sabbath, you know, is uh, a multiple meaning or multiple prophecy. Could be. So on a side note, though, it's definitely a interesting proof text for keeping the Sabbath because regardless of how you interpret that particular scripture, uh, it's future. Because mm-hmm. 70 AD, when uh, Jerusalem got uh, sacked, was, you know, 40 years later almost. Mm-hmm. So um, whether he's talking about then or where, whether he's talking about <clears throat> 2,000 years later, either way, he was expecting them to be keeping Sabbath. That's cool. So, um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. I actually, I think that a lot of people nowadays, because of the internet and the ability to research a little bit easier... A lot of people are are getting curious about Sabbath and the feast days, and you know, um, 
they're Googling, you know, hey, where'd the Easter bunny come from? Where did, you know, Christmas trees come from? And they're coming to the conclusion like, whoa, hey, there's stuff that's not even in the Bible that we're doing. And then they, there's this big question, should we be doing this? And uh, I'm an even basic conservative uh, Baptist, you know, very uh, Baptist-ish doctrine groups. And, uh, and they're like question this stuff like crazy. People will ask, Hey, it's Easter. It's coming up. Should I be keeping this with my family? And the majority of people in there are saying, Hey, this does have poor pagan origins. Like you might want to be careful on this. And that's a big shift. That is not, I don't think it was like that 10 years ago. Mm. Well, there's been definitely pockets of people all over the world for a long time that have been faithful to believe the scriptures for what it really says. But I'm so glad that there's actually a huge like wave of information that people are like, whoa, okay, well, I didn't believe conspiracy stuff before, but now I do a little bit. I think I'm open to it. And then they're like, okay, what else is there? You know, maybe the things I'm doing right now are also just a, a big mess up, you know? Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of people questioning the way they're living and we should you know we should we should really test the things of our lives and really realize that we're empowered to choose if we want to continue in things or not mm-hmm. and uh, for us like I took great joy in getting to say hey my father and mother taught me you know to keep Christmas and Easter let's just say an example and if you guys if you anyone listening to this keeps that I'm not dogging on you or trying to you know beat you up for keeping it like You've got to research this stuff and decide for your own family if this is something that you want to raise your kids in. But for me, I got excited. I was like, hey, this is not in the Bible. This is not, you know, anything that is uh, adhered to for by our forefathers. This is something, I mean, I'm talking like our uh, scriptural forefathers. Like, this is something that was, that came through, I believe, I mean, I, Babylonian roots and, and it can be traced to that i said i believe but it really can be traced hey, to that pagan Babylonian. yeah so you know i uh i don't i i don't want to be dogmatic on this i know a lot of people get offended when these topics are brought up but i would just encourage people hey if you care first of all that's mm-hmm. the big thing if you care mm-hmm. enough you know look into it and realize hey you do have the power to say hey family guess what we're going to go a different direction mm-hmm. we're going back to the book, we're going back to the Bible, and we're going to do what it says, mm-hmm. because we're going to trust that our Heavenly Father's ways are better than ours, that are they're higher than ours, and, uh, and I think there's liberty in that, and I think that there is freedom in that. I, I mean, I would feel personally very uh, guilty if every year I was teaching my children things that I knew weren't things that are going to... Um, Bless their eternal. <laughs> yeah, they they are not they're not or originating from my heavenly Father, and so they're things that you know he has his own he has his own set of holidays, and that's a whole nother thing to like explore. And so you know we're we're still learning you know how to keep that how to you know the thing about holidays like the mainstream mainstream holidays that. I find the hardest for people to give up is that you get all the warm fuzzies. Like you, you put heart and soul into everything you do. You own it for yourself. You have, you know, you pick out your decorations. You go and pick out your tree. You make these special cookies, these special meals, hors d'oeuvres. You invite people over. 
you play certain types of music and it is just like this atmosphere and they call it the spirit of Christmas you know like if we're talking about Christmas um, and so you get all these warm fuzzies with it and you know by association of the warm fuzzies it makes you feel good and it smells good it tastes good it's all your senses all wrapped up in something that you may have had wonderful memories about and yes a lot of times those memories do include Christ and that's what my experience was when I was keeping it I was trying to keep Jesus at the front like you know his birthday woo his birthday who doesn't want to celebrate your Messiah's birthday <laughs> so I you know we came from that but then when we learned we're like okay it's not his birthday it's actually a pagan solstice day well like the winter solstice yep. type deal and you know all these traditions are not actually anything to do with Jesus and and so you just are like okay well what's left then you kind of are left with this like blank thing like okay I don't want to do what's not really about him it's it's about other gods you know it's it's not anything about Christ and so you're left with this blank spot like um now what I just lost something I really loved in my life you know I you like to have these dates to look forward to where they're special mm -hmm. and then when you start reading the Bible more you're like wow there's actually there is something to look forward to and these things are actually prophetic and that makes them extremely deep the more you learn and um well and you can you can take all of that energy and that mm -hmm. you know spirit of pouring into something because that's mm -hmm. really what makes it special is because people creative, pour into it it's a creative outlet yeah well if you're pouring in and you're <laughs> making cookies and making all these things special for christmas guess what you can go and you can pour in and make things super special for passover Mm -hmm. um, and but you can do it realizing that this is the holiday that Jesus kept, the holiday that he died on, mm -hmm. and then he rose on first fruits, right? Three days later. So, like, uh, this is this is uh, the outlet that our heavenly Father wants us to put that energy into. I believe his people, mm -hmm. right? He says uh, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. He says, "I gave you my uh, my feasts to be a uh, let's see, I gave you my feast to be a." How did that go? Do you remember this? <laughs> to be a sign. There it is. Oh, the to be Sabbaths? a I, That's what it was. The, that, the word feast was throwing me off. I gave you my <laughs> Sabbaths to be a sign between you and I that you'd know that I'm your God and you're my people. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like so it's, it's like a, a faithfulness thing, kind of like a marriage covenant. Like, you know, a lot of people wear rings for, you know, signifying that they are devoted to each other and they're going to be faithful. And so Sabbath is kind of like that. You, you wear that. It is kind of like a ring because there's a you know seven day cycle, so it's a it goes around. It's a cycle, <laughs> and so you wear that. You wear it like a ring. You're like, yes, Lord, I love you forever. <laughs> right. So, anyways, we're uh, I guess just moving through topics here. But is there anything else that we want to cover on this mm. from the hip podcast? Hip. You can call that from the hip podcast. From the hip. From the hip, because you know it's like you're shooting from the hip, so you're not like aiming or. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're just from the hip. Just don't even plan. Just hit the play button and start talking. You came up with the title for your podcast, Michael. My podcast. I thought this was your podcast. No, it's on your account. <laughs> I'm just your guest. <laughs> oh, is that how that works? Yeah. Well, I don't know. So I don't know what else to talk about, but 
It's a good 31 minutes and 45 seconds. I know it's 10.44. We better get ready for bed. So, yeah. I don't know if anyone listened to this, but if you did, cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good night. Yeah, blessings. Good night. Bye.